Hello. Thank you to today's episode of Carriage to Succeed. The Carriage to Succeed podcast is about delivering information on areas of business development for the B2B community. Courage to Succeed broadcast is brought to you by Shore LLC, a full-service consulting firm deploying first-hand knowledge gained from decades of experience mixed with the resources of time-tested and proven associates to advise and guide you towards a path of successful growth. In other words, we've been there and done that. On today's episode, let's talk about business infrastructure. In other words, these are the things that we want to talk about today around the back office or the things that you need within the organization to be successful in business. Let me start by defining uh, business infrastructure. Infrastructure means the basic structure of an organization or system. A company's infrastructure would include things like the fixed assets, etc., the building, the equipment, machinery, and tools required to manufacture a product or develop a service offering. Although people are not necessarily fixed assets, they would be included in the company's infrastructure too. In addition to the owners, they would require management team and employees to operate the machinery or produce the service offerings, as well as office staff to sell the product, accountants to do the books and collect uh, payments, customer service clerks, etc. The office workers um, would require desks and filing and chairs and computers and all of those type of things. Business infrastructure is really, really important. And one of the things that most uh, business owners or entrepreneurs uh, often overlook, as we mentioned in other uh, episodes of Carriage to Succeed, um, a typical uh, business owner starts from a technical background. In other words, they have a skill set that they've developed in some other medium uh, such as uh, corporate position, uh, they you know grew up uh, being an executive, and so they learned some uh, executive level skills, or they may have been a technician, uh, uh, like a plumber or electrician or any any other field, and they tend to start the business with confidence of their skill sets based on that. Um, technical background and not always come to the place where they have also the business skills. So most people dive in, um, start going after getting business and uh, have not really thought or put in place the infrastructure to uh, ensure that they are delivering products and services uh, the way customers would like to receive them or maybe used to seeing them from their competitors. 
But let me be sure to make you understand this or help you understand this. The market can tell when your infrastructure is not in order. It shows up in things like late payments, missed deadlines, incorrect product deliveries, or service offerings that don't meet the customer's expectation. Let me, let me start by um, giving you a list of some of the things that would be included in business uh, infrastructure. For example, um, IT um, systems, very important if you are, and, and especially these days, um, with your computers and the support for your computers, those sort of things. Um, uh, the, the things that support your operation, like the tools and the, um, you know, have you considered your supplier resources and um, basic facilities? Um, you know, how do you open an office and ensure that you have the facilities that would allow the workers to be productive and work in a good, clean, especially during this time period of COVID, clean and safe environment. All of these things are some of the, the main things that uh, are typically included in business infrastructure. And as I mentioned, they do show up. When, when you don't have them, it shows up. Let me uh, start by giving you a couple of examples. I'll tell some um, share some stories, some things that actually happened um, that I've gone through. Uh, invoicing, for example. Um, so, and I was I was part of an organization, and we kept uh, trying to figure out why our customers were always paying us late, and I mean we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars of invoices and they always seem to be late and of course you you know if you've had any experience in uh, sending an invoice and then trying to collect on it you probably have come across the you know the typical things like it's in the mail or um, you know the invoice was incorrect or and, you know any of those things and so as we um, look and, and sort of deep into why we were always late we decided to ask the customers um, about our invoicing. What what was what was there something about the way we were presenting our invoices that um, caused it to be an issue on their end? And keep in mind, when you're you're starting a company and you're looking at things like sending out an invoice, you typically find a resource and you look at it and you you know you put together a bill and you send it and. And from your perspective, you perform the service or deliver the product and, you know, what's the issue? And, and so in a B2B business environment, there's typically uh, invoicing mechanism. It's, it's not always a cash and carry uh, situation. And so you look at terms, uh, net 30, net 45, net 60, whatever you agree to with your customer, uh, giving them the time that many days from receipt of invoice to pay you back. And so as we went out trying to solve this late payment problem, we spoke to our customers and we realized really quickly from their feedback that what was going on is that they were confused by the invoices that they were receiving from us. 
One of the reasons they were confused is because they had a system in place. They were used to seeing an invoice that was structured in a certain way and that presented the information of the delivery of the product in a certain way. And all of our competitors or most of our competitors were using the exact same style presentation in their invoices. And so that led us to inquire further with the customer as to what um, system or process um, they were used to seeing invoices come in. Now, this turned out to be a whole back office infrastructure issue um, in that we had created invoices uh, in-house um, from uh, you know some in-house uh, software um, custom and it was nothing like what they were seeing from the industry. The industry was using an ERP system and that was pretty common that had invoices structured in a certain way and presented in a certain way and we were like the odd man out. We were not um, doing that because we created our own internal system uh, not looking out but looking at what we thought was the best way to present and so that led us down a whole path of identifying a type of system that was industry standard or normally accepted and led us to investigating the type of system that would produce the invoice in a format collecting the data about the service and products, uh, impacting inventory, and that would keep track of all of that force. And we ended up investing in a system that produced an invoice that the customers understood. And we noticed almost immediately an improvement, a great improvement in the payment cycle from making that change. Now, so that's one example of infrastructure um, uh, area that required some look and improvement. So again, the customers can tell when your infrastructure is not in order. So they saw the invoices, it made them concerned, and it impacted their confidence and our ability to service them. So it's not just um, the customer um, being able to identify that your infrastructure is not in place. It's the overall impact it has on your business relationship in the marketplace. Because if you're lacking in the back office infrastructure and the customer can see that, it, it, it lowers their confidence in your ability to perform. And so that's an important point to think about. So one of the other um, things um, along that line is something like uh, uh, SOPs or standard operating procedures. So one of the things I did, I joined an organization um, that was had, had a stellar reputation in the marketplace um, in, in terms of um, the, the, rep, the ownership uh, reputation. Um, I inquired around before I joined the organization and everybody spoke very highly of the organization. And I did a little bit of research 
prior to joining the organization and, and determined that th they appear to have been underperforming in the market. So the typical competitor in that space in the, in the region that they were in was probably doing about $75 million in, in annual revenue. And they were doing somewhere in the $10 million range. And so just, I mean, high level looking at that information, I zeroed in on, um, in, you know, making inquiries around the area from business associations and uh, um, um, similar uh, mutual uh, connections to, to that uh, organization and found that in spite of their um, stellar reputation, they were underperforming um, in terms of revenue and growth compared to their counterparts. And so I, I kept thinking, what, what could be the issue here? If they have a stellar reputation, they deliver products and services that people want. Um, so they've overcome those barriers. They're well-financed. They have that issue. So what could it be? And, and as I thought more and more about it, I came to realize that it, it, it probably was something going on within the company that was keeping them from uh, accelerating. And so as I became a part of that organization, I went in and real quickly looked at and looked for um, procedures. You know, what is it that they're doing every day that anybody that come in the, in the company could do and had the opportunity to experience it firsthand as I came into the organization and started asking, well, if this issue comes up, how do you handle it? And found out that it was a lot of creativity going on and a lot of um, this is how we've always done it kind of answers and a lot of it's in my mind. I know how to do it or this person has been with us for so many years and, it, and this is how they've always done it. You know, this is this is the process they do it. And so I ask questions like um, when you hire a new person and put them in a seat, how do they know how to do their job? And the answer was, well, the person that was in the seat would sit with that person and they would train them on how to do the job. And while that's, um, you know, a feasible um, approach, I thought that it would make sense that if you wrote down what that job entailed and the steps to perform in that job, that then anybody that come in should be able to open a manual and go step by step and at least um, on the onset be able to perform the job or task just by reading the steps or the instructions, sort of like an operator's manual. And so I set out immediately to put together a standard operating procedures for every aspect of the business um, from the services or products that were provided, where, where do you get them, how do you negotiate for pricing? How do you set um, pricing and cost? Um, how do you set uh, profit levels? How do you uh, present that to the customer? Um, how do you deliver the product or service? Um, and, and so every aspect of the business, you know, from how to log into the company's uh, system to how to process orders and and, uh, and, and eventually deliver and then be paid on that order. We set out 
to put together standard operating procedures. And again, immediate uh, response. As soon as that um, was in place fully, uh, we started to be able to turn around uh, new uh, positions and people and functions, and we became more visible to the customer that we had things in order, that we knew what to do uh, when certain situations um, arrive. There, there's another example. Um, there, there was um, an organization that would um, process orders um, on on the computer for customers. Um, you know, so if a customer called in and requested something, um, you 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 know the the um, customer service person or the inside salesperson would sit at their desk, process the order. And if they wanted to pay by credit card, they would log into the computer, process the credit card payment. But what I noticed happening is that whenever somebody walked in to the business and needed something on their way to a job site or a project or needed some emergency response to their need, the only process that was in place was to have the customer service person log into the computer, um, process a credit card payment for the customer, then wait for the um, uh, warehouse um, to pull that item from the shelf and bring it up to the customer. So you had a customer that would show up at 7 o'clock and would leave at 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, and of course, you know, that's ridiculous. I mean, I mean that was uh, un unneeded, wasted of time. And a simple solution in just identifying and looking at that process was to have the uh, company purchase a credit card terminal. And so that a customer comes in, they want an order. At the same time that you um, instruct the warehouse to pull the order, you swipe their card, process the payment, and you know, 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, the customer is out the door. So again, they could tell when the infrastructure was not in place. Irritated customers spending two, three hours waiting on an order to be processed um, very quickly would find that one of your competitors figured this out and they would go to, to, to that um, operation. So let's talk about um, some of the resources um, that may make sense to, to have in place as a part of your infrastructure. So I, I always like to tell my clients to put together a list of resources. Um, just take time and sit down and think about all of the things you need to operate your company, especially when you're um, starting out and, and all of these resources are not in-house. Um, for example, IT support, uh, especially again now that everybody's working, a lot of people working remotely and um you know, you have systems that are based within a building or facility, um, IT support. Um, when your customer is waiting to have a, a product or service delivered, how do you feel when they say the system is down? I mean, think about that. Um, and what is your reaction? What is your response? How do you handle um, when your system is down? Um, if you have to stop and identify a resource, 
um, a IT company, you have to start searching, um, you know, you Google or whatever you do. Um, how much time is that eating up on the, the receipt of your product or service uh, to your customer? And so you should have a list where you've already identified, interviewed, talked to, and approved an IT support mechanism, a company, a person, somebody that you can call on that you have already made an agreement with and understand that in a time of need, they can respond to you. And, and you know what that response looks like, you know, whether it's, you know, it takes them an hour or, or a day or 48 hours. And so you can anticipate that and at least be able to say to your customer, this will be resolved within this time frame. Um, I would put on a list things like electricians and plumbers, I mean, to make sure that the facility, even if you're working from home office um, and your lights go out, um, you know, do you have access to an electrician that can come and figure out that the circuit um, blew and uh, because you had too many devices or something plugged up or whatever it may be, or, or you know, if you're at home and you put the microwave on while you were in the middle of typing up a proposal and it blew the circuit. Um, so you want to have an electrician. You And again, it's, it's you know, I, I won't list every um, talent that you need, but as you stop and think through the things that could impact the operation of your business. A plumber, you're in the office building, you have a restroom and the the toilet overflows. Um, you know how how long can your employees not go into that restroom? I mean, you 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 need to um, you know have a plumber that you can call that you've already talked to that you've already vetted that you know will respond to you. Or maybe something as simple as you know you're in the dead of winter and the heat system goes out. So do you have a number to HVAC? Um, service repair uh, organization or person. Uh, list of resources may include or should include, uh, <laughs> excuse me, for example, your accountant, uh, a banker that you've already introduced your company to, obviously maybe an attorney that you can ask a question uh, of and, and be able to get um, you know, a fairly um, quick response. Um, so basically, what you, your, your, your end goal here is to make sure that you make it easy for your customer to do business with your company. So you want to have the things in place that don't delay them in getting what they uh, uh, have asked for or, or have contacted you to get. Um, that you're able to respond to them in a timely manner without um, or minimize uh, disruption to to your business. Having making it easy for the customer to do business will build confidence in the market that your company can handle business opportunities. And again, um, when I put in place these steps for a company that uh, I noticed uh, was underperforming in terms of the market, 10 million in annual revenue versus 75 million on the average competitor side. Um, that uh, company's revenue increased 
uh, initially, gradually, and then exponentially, every year as those systems um, became more apparent and was in place and smoothly working. And it became a, one of the most successful uh, companies or businesses in the, in, the, in the market. And so it's not always just the sale and the product and the relationship with the, the market. Sometimes, it, or most of the time, almost all the time, it is the back office or business infrastructure that could impact the growth and success of your business. So to, I want to leave you with uh, a tip, to, to today's tip, sort of, sort of something to focus on. Give some thought to. So give some thought to your business infrastructure and start to put in place the things you need to support your operation. I want to say today, thank you for listening to Cares to Succeed. I'm your host, Dennis Harris. Feel free to drop me a note or comments at harrisfml at outlook.com. That's Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, F as in Frank, M as in Mary, L as in Lima, at outlook.com. Harrisfml at outlook.com. I'll be happy to work with you on any of your infrastructure processes. Thank you.